In episode 1.5 of Unshuffled, we discuss the fifth Atomic Bitchwax album, The Local Fuzz. But before we do that, let's hear our awesome intro music from Seven Planets. Scotty D. Matt, and uh, good morning to you from my side of the world. And good evening from my side of the world. Uh, we got 42 minutes of riffs. 50 riffs in 40 minutes was, I believe, <laughs> how this was this was billed. That's the pitch. That was the pitch. That was the idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, now, listeners, we can see each other, and I'm holding up the physical copy of the uh, of this one, so we can talk about not just what's on the cover, but what's written inside, and all sorts of things tonight. So that's exciting. My uh, my batch of bitch wax got through Indonesian customs. So. Did did it come with a lyric sheet? Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, new, the new no. Tab four had a had a lyric sheet. I think I saw that it did, and it was like in just but little kind of like paragraphs or whatever it was. Yeah, so I did yeah. see that. I saw that. Mm. Um, I've, got, I've also got um, the original pressing of Tab four being sent from Greece. Just um, I got all completionist. <laughs> And uh, so, so I'll Which, have both versions. So the, the original pressing, that is with, I mean, we talked about this all last time, but that's with the other cover. Yep, with the Hell 9000 yeah. cover and the different track listing. And, nice. You know, wow. it's a, there's a thousand copies. I figure one day when people have listened to our podcast and rediscovered the bitch wax. You're sitting on a gold it. mine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Until they re-release it anyway. So, well, here we go. How are you, anyway? I'm. We're good. I'm good. Um, the it's spring is finally starting to do something where I am. I mean, I say that we just had another snowstorm two days ago. We're mm-hmm. supposed to get another one in three days, but today it's sunny, oh. blue skies, fifty oh. some degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know oh. what that is in Celsius. I can't do the transfers. Mm-hmm. It's it's cold. Nice. It's or cold. <laughs> How's it? What about you? How's everything with you? Yeah, we're good. We're um, we're still here. I mean, we haven't moved since. I mean, you've traveled the world. You've moved from house to house, and and we've just kind of stayed put. So hmm. yeah, we're we're fine. We're in a better position than many other people. How were the uh, the skies still? Still clear. Yeah, clear skies. You can cool. see the the mountains and sort of. Um, West Java that you can't normally see. It's uh, it's quite nice without cars. This city. Yeah, yeah. Something to be said for that. Yeah. Well, maybe there's a lesson we can learn from it. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. 
Um, so uh, this is Unshuffled. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome if it's your first time. Uh, we're all about intentional listening here. Um, we are, we've picked a band, the Atomic Bitch Back, Atomic Bitch Wax. We are working through their catalogue, album by album, track by track. Um, we've made it to the fifth album for this podcast, which is called The Local Fuzz. And if you missed the last one, we were very positive about the fourth album, Tab 4. And I finished that, as I said last time, thinking I'd love some more of this, but we don't get it. We get something very different here. Absolutely. We get something totally different. And I, so I was, when I first went in to listen to this, I was somewhat hesitant. But um, I, I liked it. I mm. liked this. I did enjoy it. <laughs> I like what they tried to do. Yeah. Um, so, well, here. So to give you the, the 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 info of where we're at and when this was all released, it came out on June 21st of 2011. Mm -hmm. And it looks, okay, so it was produced by, um, looks like it was produced by the Atom Atomic Bitchwax. And... I yeah. kind of so there's, I, I think, there's sorry to interrupt. I, I think okay. they've really got their Pro Tools chops completely down at this point. Like they produce their own stuff. They've got a beautiful sound um, that they get from the studio. But I yeah, the way they put it all together, I think they've really got that down to a fine art now. Well, this one seems to. I agree, and this one seems to have been recorded at a different studio than the others. Yeah. It looks like this one was done at the Panic Room, which is mm -hmm. in Neptune. And yep. the previous were all, prior to this, they'd all been done at, um, what was it? It was... Trex East. Oh, right. Trex East. And then there was there was a little bit of mixing, I think, that was done in. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Um, okay. So, but this one is, is it was done at the Panic Room. Again, mm -hmm. still in New Jersey. I have no idea of how far these are from one another um and it was produced and so there's a lot written about this album which I, I, i'm starting to wonder if this isn't the album where they kind of started to become a little bit more media savvy as well because i feel like i found a lot more about this album from the time yeah than maybe i had found about the other albums that were written at the time that the album had come out. So with a lot of the other albums, there's a lot that's been done retrospective retroactively about mm -hmm. the album. But yep. this one, there was a lot of information, a lot of recordings, a lot of, I mean, but this is also, you know, 2011, we've now gotten I, what we're, we're now into the age of YouTube. Um, we're, we're kind of well, well on the way of, of sort of this digital footprint and in this album, it, it's easier to find that information than it has been for prior albums. Yeah. Um, I mean, part of that might be due to the switch back to TP records. We mm -hmm. know that Meteor City was having its problems um, and that, you know, hence the, the sort of double release of the previous album. So maybe TP uh, just put a little bit more time and planning and thought into the uh, promotion of the album. Yeah, I, yeah, very well, maybe. I hadn't, that's a good point. Um, yeah. And so in everything that I'm reading, it really, it sounds a lot like this was just kind of Kosnick's 
brainchild mm -hmm. from what I gather. He was yeah. the one that was just sort of sitting at home, but probably the perfect quarantine activity. We're probably going to get the local fuzz too coming mm. out all of this where he's just sitting at home coming up with you know he's just got all these riffs and finally decides you know what let's just do one song 50 riffs 40 minutes yep and yeah. it's an amb an ambitious endeavor absolutely and i i think they pulled it off yeah i admire the ambition and the desire to do something new and something different um and, yeah, I was initially frustrated when I heard about this that they weren't trying to go for, take their sound that they'd honed previously to take it further. But then, like, it annoys me, and, and I don't want to be one of those fans that, like, says, and I'm, you know, I wasn't even a fan at the time, so you know it would be even worse to be saying this ten years later. But I hate it when um, music fans think their band owes them something, you know. Mm. And I've seen it with a lot of bands over the years. Um, like, how dare you try something new? Or, I like that last album, and you should have done that again. Right. Um, bands don't owe anyone anything. They can do what they want, and and that's exactly what. It's the Atomic Bitch Wax has done here. They've come up with a, an idea, a bold idea, some, a complete um, change of course, and they've had a go. And good on them for, for, for doing that, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, I agree. And I think one of the words, well, and for me as a fan, it, it can be frustrating when a band has that sort of breakout and then feels like they found the magic formula. And now the next album is them just trying to replicate the last album. It's just, and then you find yourself, well, all right, okay. It was good the first time. And mm -hmm. this is where they've, they have definitely, you cannot in, nobody can accuse the atomic bitch wax of resting on their laurels. <laughs> Every album has sounded completely different from the one that came before it. Yeah. Yep. And there's something to be said for that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. so, well, so first, well, okay. So you first put this on. We know what we're getting into. We've got 43 minutes, and and there's not going to be nary a vocal to be heard. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of, I don't know if if going into this was sort of my approach was all right. Let's let's do this. Have let's you had any it. experience in the past with? Uh, single song albums as a fan? I do not believe so. There's none that I can think of or that came to mind while I was listening. Right. Because for me, the, the big one was uh, Jerusalem by Sleep, which was 50-odd uh, minutes of doom. Right. Um, like, you know, the first... Like, like there's one that like jung, and that goes for like seven or eight minutes until the next chord and like it's just a slow build um and, and it's it, only it's, it's one, one song. song yeah it's one song okay so i don't know that one yeah um and then it was re-released later um even longer there, there was 10 minutes that that didn't make it to the original i think that they ran out of room on the cd or something um 
but yeah, that was my experience, which for that song and for that genre, I think they, they could do it. I, I'm, my concern was how a band like this would pull it off because sleep, I mean, one note can take five minutes, you know, and, you know, it's so slow and such a slow build um, that, you know, when the payoff comes at the 12-minute mark, you kind of, oh, that was a nice build-up and, oh, this is good. But the bitch, the bitch wax is such a different beast. I was, I was very interested to hear how it would turn out. The other, not 50 minutes, but there was a Melvin song as well, I remember being sort of 20-plus. Uh, wasn't like, see? I think the closest thing I had wasn't the original release of Kaya Sky Valley. That was only three songs, right? Well, it was put out. It was no. It I was, mean, it was three tracks, but it was yeah. it was the ten songs that I think on later releases, like if you were to buy the physical copy now, it would be separated into ten songs. But at the time, I think it was just if you bought the CD, it was three tracks. Yeah, they broke it into three groups of three, I think, plus right. a bonus track at the end. But um, but they were distinct songs within those right. three tracks. But yeah, the only, I mean, apart and from they, classical music, sang. apart from classical music, the only sort of modern thing I'd, that came close in length or surpassed actually in length was sleep for me. Okay. No, I had not, not prior to this. Yeah. And, and I was excited when I first let it go, first let it play to mm -hmm. hear the uh, the space sounds are back. Yeah, the lasers. <laughs> we had the lasers. We had the robot voice. Makes yeah, a, a little bit of robot voice. Yeah, comes back in there. I was like, all yeah. right. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very fast opening. I, I think, you know, in terms of sound, this is much closer to – I, I, the closest one in terms of sound, I thought, was um, the second album. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Like it's got the speed and the sort of frenetic nature of the first couple, but the, the sort of slightly better production of the second one, I thought. I, I wanted to put all of the instrumentals from the first two albums together mm -hmm. and listen to them side by side with this. Yep. And I think... Um, I think the riffs are more intentionally developed on this album mm -hmm. and the production value is definitely better, yep. but, uh, the, I, I, I could, I got, it felt familiar. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Ice Pick Freak, uh, came to mind in the, in the first few minutes. Mm, yes. And that sort yeah. of fun, here's the band kind of riff, um, that we heard on that one. Um, getting... How do we do this? Now, normally at this point we break down into, into a track by track. So, what do you want to do? Well, do we want to? Do you want to do the artwork now, or track oh, yeah. by Let's, track? Well, let's do the artwork. Seeing as I've got okay. it, um, and yeah, our track by track. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, um, the artwork. Um, so I've got the CD here. Again, there's no mention of the artist. No, I couldn't find it anywhere. So I'm assuming maybe it's the band themselves putting this together. It's a sort of um, – so they're back to the female form on the cover, but this time in, uh, in a sort of robotic um, representation of it. Um, 
so yeah, it's a sort of buxom female robot on the, on the front cover. Um, it's sort of I liked it because it sort of takes on that um, like that Fritz Lang Metropolis nineteen twenty seven that was kind of recreated by Janelle Monae in the early two thousands with her Metropolis trilogy album, and it was right. sort of that that same idea. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I I really liked it. I liked the album cover. Okay, I don't I don't uh, remember the the metropolis people being uh, similarly proportioned, but uh, I can see what you mean. Um, and yeah, inside, I'm not sure if you've seen the inside, um, but there's, uh, it's very spacey, like the robot woman is sort of gazing up to a planet. And, um, on the back cover, there's a photo of the band with Finn Ryan holding a, a mandolin. I think that that's what it's called. That, um oh is that that's a sitar oh it's a sitar sorry yeah oh yeah. i should know that we both lived in india yeah wait okay. open it up again let me can i see the inside uh yep our listeners will love this bit i know yeah all right yeah uh so yeah on the the photo of the band is them sitting in front of a gong with with thin ryan holding it yeah a sitar but i don't remember hearing a sitar and no and i'm i'm gonna that is probably a prop. Yeah. Um, I notice also in the inside cover, there's um, some email addresses, including Chris Kosnick's Gmail. Um, I wonder if that's still active. Maybe, I'll, maybe we can send him a message later in the <laughs> podcast. Let's draft that together in the last couple of minutes. All right. See if he replies. Um, but, yeah, the lineup is the same as the last one. Do you want to run us through that? Yep. It's again, we've got Chris Kosnick on bass. Um, and keyboard. And keep, wait, is he on keyboard or is Finn Ryan on keyboard? Don't know. Doesn't say okay. on the album cover. No. Okay. So there are keyboards. Yes. Uh, whether it's Finn Ryan or Chris Kosnick, um, but Finn Ryan, I think so. Chris Kosnick's build on bass, Finn Ryan guitar and Bob Pentel on drums. Mm -hmm. um and then there are yeah there's keyboards or several moments of the song where you i feel like it sounds like you've got a finn ryan versus finn ryan solo happening right with multiple instruments but so yeah i think they're playing more than they're they're advertising themselves to be playing yep there's a lot of keyboard in this i mean I, i'm not sure there's i'm not sure the keyboard stops at any point hmm just kind of yeah i don't i guess i don't recall i can't think of where it does stop Hmm. Yeah, it's pretty present throughout. Maybe it stops for a minute or two here and there, but I can't remember it stopping at any point. Well, so then, okay, well, then let's get into that. Here yep. we go. Track by track, even though it's yeah. a track. <laughs> track. Is this, is this one song? It doesn't feel like one you know, it's not like um, it, it doesn't feel like it, does it? Do you agree? I I remember when I was the very first, the first, my first listen, and I started to, I'll admit, I started to kind of, you know, my mind. I was trying to focus, and my mind would sort of fritter off and wander, mm. and then come back. And then at the twenty three mark, the twenty three minute mark, everything changes. Yep. And initially, I thought that you were getting the the vinyl version of this, mm. and so that was part one of the things that I had wanted to ask you 
was, all right, well, where's the break? Where's the, the side A, side B break? And mm. it feels to me like it's got to obviously be at the 23-minute mark. Yeah. And then when one of the live performances that I've posted to the show notes, mm -hmm. so I found if you watch the live performances and if you watch them in sequence of, of date, you'll find that they kind of started to hone a little bit better, which they, they've definitely pared this down for live mm -hmm. performances and which riffs kind of feed better into, into other riffs. And there's one of them where they sort of picked and chose their riffs from side B. Oh. Chris Kosnick says these riffs were compiled from the B side. Okay. And so my thought is, is that's gotta be the last 22 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it certainly feels like the song changes dramatically at that twenty-three minute mark, mm -hmm. and, and it would, gets that, more like the first twenty-three minutes. I think are reflective of that's 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 old bitch wax. That's your the the ice pick, yep. freak. Um, and then the last twenty-three minutes starts to feel more layered. I, I, my point is, is that it it does feel different. It feels like it feels like it could be two tracks. Yeah. I mean, and maybe that's just semantics. Maybe at that point, it's just like, all right, you know what? It was still. Yeah. Well, I don't have the vinyl version. I don't have the vinyl version. And I, I don't know how you would approach this if you did release it on vinyl. I'm not sure if it's been released on vinyl, whether you would put the entire thing on one side or whether you'd, um, whether you'd split it. But yeah, if you did split it, that would be the place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even so, I thought um, there's still um, obvious changes. Even in the first 23 minutes, there's points where it basically stops and restarts with a different riff. And you could, you know, that could be a point when you where you were when you were recording it, where you would say, "Okay, we're finished there. Let's go and have a sandwich and a cup of tea, and we'll restart the record." Like. It doesn't feel like one take, even though we've seen that they can play it pretty much in one take live. It doesn't feel like a one take um, recording. Um, and it does feel, I don't know, I, I, I guess if I was to criticise it, what I would have liked more of is kind of like you get in a classical piece where you get variations on some theme, like, you know, you'll get, um, some sort of recurring motif throughout, you know, a, a classical piece of music that, you know, even if the riff changes, you can still hear uh, traces of earlier riffs in later riffs, even, you know, even if it's heavier or a different tempo, whereas this feels much more like a disjointed collection. There are some good transitions, but then... There are times where it was a little bit jarring jumping from one riff to the next without an obvious attempt to to make a good transition. I don't know how you feel about that. And that's so they're, they're the points where I thought that sounds like a different song now. Right. So the idea being is that you wish there had been more of a consistent thread of something that they had come back to. Yeah whether it was a repeated riff or, or, or a sound or even just building upon something thematically. Yes. I get that. I, get that. I definitely get that. Because, yes. yes, I do get that. Mm. Um, I agree. 
having said that, I mean, it's still a remarkable achievement um, and a really interesting listen. Like, and I mean, they're not Beethoven, right? I mean, they're a stoner rock band from New Jersey and, and they've put out a, a bunch of really good riffs and, and you know, produced them beautifully. Um, so, yeah, I don't want that to sound like a criticism, but that would be my one wish for if you're going to, if you, if they were to do this again, which they won't. Well, maybe it was, who knows what they're doing right now. <laughs> maybe quarantine. Maybe. quarantine. Um, <laughs> maybe it'd be, maybe three hours the next one. I feel like this is a good album to, to do things too. So yes. like if you've got things that need done, mm. um, chores <laughs> or in my case i'm thinking more specifically of, of like even grading if if i just need i need something in the oh, background no. No, while no. i'm kind of while i'm kind of just sort of looking around and, and putting things together I think no this. i disagree i've tried it i've tried grading to this um and it's too busy like i do i have started listening to more instrumental music i think we mentioned that in an earlier mm -hmm. podcast but it tends to be slower um spacier stuff i've tried grading to this and it's just it I, I can't do it didn't work the thing that i can imagine would be great doing with this is driving yeah i haven't done that yet i could do that today. well there's nowhere to drive <laughs> <laughs> no, i've got i've got a i've got a 45 minute drive ahead of me here this afternoon yeah well that, i'll get, I mean, ba I'll get that, back to you okay try it um, but yeah, if you had a commute that was about that time, this would be perfect because you can drift in and out. It's asking a lot of a listener to to sit down and focus without lyrics, without breaks for the amount of time. And I, I don't think they'd be offended to hear people dropping in and out throughout the listen. Um, but yeah, there are some, having said that, there are some really um, catchy and ear-catching moments um and i've found myself you know just this afternoon i found myself humming a couple of the riffs just that have just popped into my head at random times throughout the day so you know it has made an impression on me um despite the lack of distinct tracks and the lack of vocal hooks right and th there's some great riffs in here yeah no there are but that's no surprise at this point. No. I mean, these guys, they've, they're, they, Chris, I assume it's cosmic. Yeah. Because it's been consistent throughout. And this does seem to have been his brainchild, but yep. he's just got, he's just got some great ideas for riffs that yeah. he just sort of pulls off. And yeah. It was interesting to hear him in the interview talk. He sort of downplays his riff writing abilities a, a little bit. He's a very modest kind of guy. Hmm. But he just puts it all down to the pentatonic, the, if I could say it, pentatonic scale. Right. And, and just, um, you know, says, oh, and, you know, there's nothing special about my riffs. I'm just playing the pentatonics. And I you know, I think that's just his, his nature. But, yeah, there's, there's some really catchy stuff in here. The One of the interviews he is talking on... It's the, I'm looking for it in the show notes. The, um, my that, new show. My I, new show. I, yeah. Yeah. That was good. I did watch that one. I'd never heard of that 
prior to this. Um, and I and I'm curious. I'll I'll ch actually I'll check it out. I, I don't know if it's still going, but it, it was interesting. And I, I like what they're doing. And the guy that I think hosts it had made reference that he's got a radio show, and and he was the one that sort of. And so when the show notes are released, we put in Iron Maiden, Phantom of the Opera, and then the Almond Brothers. And I chose Sp Statesboro Blues. Mm -hmm. just because the he talks about the hanging guitar solos of, of he talks basically about Finn Ryan's guitar playing and comparing it to Dwayne Allman um, and then but how stylistically this felt like sort of the Iron Maiden fan of the opera and Finn and Ryan agreed with him and said yes um, with the Allman brothers yes you know yes and so I went back and I did I went through and I was listening to Statesboro Blues and then I went back and was listening to the guitar solos and and I, I, I get it. I totally see it. And, and it was, it was interesting to have that connection made for me because when I went back and listened to it again, I started finding myself focusing more on, on that specifically just again. And I talked about this in the last album, but what they do with space, right? I mm -hmm. felt like the difference between Bob Pantella and, um, and Ackerman is, is sort of the, the breathing room between between the the, the playing mm. and and there's that with Finn Ryan's doing that a lot more with with the guitar sounds here as well there's just there's a there's that little bit of space that's kind of thrown in there it's not just trying to fill everything and yeah. and there's something there's something to be said for doing that well mm -hmm. and that was what this host was referring to that Allman was really good at and and in Finn Ryan there's definitely you can see that evidence there yeah Having said that, I've found both Ryan and Pantella have done things on the local fuzz that I haven't heard either of them do. Well, Pantella's only had one album, but mm -hmm. I found his playing very different to his playing on Tab 4. Um, much busier. And I guess because... They weren't pushing, you know, they, they didn't have the vocals to make room for. There was, you know, perhaps he's just got a good sense of when he's needed. But I thought he was, um, I, I thought he was great on this album. And we'll just, we'll talk about that more later. Uh, and Finn Ryan was his typical melodic self, but there were also a couple of moments where he almost kind of got a bit, um, you know, sort of shreddy almost, like noodly. <laughs> well, he got noodly towards the end, but also some some quite um, shreddy stuff uh, just here and there, just little hints of the fact that, yeah, I can do it. I can do it too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it was towards the end where all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, is this a fish song? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought I saw sides of both of their playing styles that I that I hadn't previously seen. Um, I felt Kosnick was a little bit lower in the mix. He, his bass wasn't quite as um, front and center as it as it usually is. What did you think of Kosnick's bass? It came in and out, didn't it? I felt yeah. it started strong, um, and then it would sort of it would come in and out. And it, it so maybe you were right when you said earlier because it came in and out at sort of the mercy of the keyboards to some extent. Mm. And so yeah. maybe, uh, maybe he was doing both. Yeah, I felt. But there it was, I felt even if if it's not him, I felt like the bass and the keyboards are certainly working together. Right. But, yes. 
my thought, and, it, and it's we can't tell because it's not on the notes, but my thought was that Kosnick has said, okay, I'm going to do both, and I'll, and as a result, I'll just turn myself down a notch on the bass. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to have two instruments out of a, what's nominally a three piece, right? I'll at least um, turn my bass down from a nine to a seven. And that's got to be a huge, I mean, when they're picking and choosing which songs they're performing live, I mean, I'm sure some of those songs with the, the, the keyboard guitar solos or the, you know, where they, I guess they just got to take the keyboard into account of choosing mm. which songs they're going to do yep. live and which ones they're not going to do live. Yeah. Or they could get a keyboard player. They could. I was wondering. And in fact, as I was watching that, I was wondering, cause you hear about all those bands, apparently like, uh, I'm trying to think who's the, the biggest one I can think of all the time. Uh, um, uh, Green, Green Day. They're, they're a three-piece, right? But they've had this sort of like shadow guitar player who who I guess, I've, I've never seen them live, but I guess he's always just been kind of back there. And yep. and so, but they don't have that. I mean, no. they're holding on to that three-piece. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, as we even get into this new album, will that start changing? Mm. The album that's not yet out. Yeah, because it does restrict them. It does restrict their their choice of live songs, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of good songs that they, they either can't play or they just wouldn't be able to play in the same way because, because of those extra layers that they wouldn't have access to. Right. Just like a fourth utility guy. You yeah. Know, who can kind of come on, do some keyboards here, do some guitar here. Bit of robot. Sort of- uh, robot. Robot voices Voice. <laughs> shoot space lasers. <laughs> yeah, just run around the back there. <laughs> um, anything more you want to talk about the track itself? I mean, um, it's kind of hard. I, I'm trying to avoid yeah. breaking it down riff by riff just to right. save our listeners having an aneurysm. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm. I'm good as far um, as as far as that's concerned. What about, I mean, in the broad sweep of things, I mean, you get that it's a very frenetic opening. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more, there's sort of mid-tempo stuff through the 5 to 15-minute mark. I, I, I much prefer, I, I know their faster stuff's great, and, and that's where and that's where I heard the, the difference in Pantaleth in their faster passages. Having said that, I did prefer the the mid tempo sections, and they're the myths, they're the riffs that have stayed with me, not the faster ones. For me, it was that last half. I I don't know what it is that twenty three minute mark. All of a sudden, I feel like it's just like coming up for this breath of air. Yeah. Right. Oh no! Before. I really the first time I heard that twenty three minute break, I was like, oh, thank and- you. Yes, and then and now and now I'm ready. And I everything that comes after that, um, I and I don't even know. It's not even fair for me to say that I like that part better than the other. But for whatever reason, I come up for air in that 23 minute mark, and it's just like, all right, now I'm 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 we're cruising through towards the end, and mm. and I I'm sort of it, it reengages me. It pulls yeah. me back in. No, I must say, I mean, I liked the 23 to about 30 minute, and then I they got real, really noodly. <laughs> I am uh, in Vermont. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. It's the soundtrack for where I currently live. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's it. You, I don't know. I, 
I think to be fair, there's there's a time and a place for an album like this and, and like the car, like driving through. Like I'm from Australia. I can just imagine you know, some of the long drives you have to do in that country. This would be great driving down to the, the around the coast, you know, the surf coast of Australia. There's some of the beautiful scenery and just to have this blasting away hmm. or, or a long drive through the Australian desert or something. But, you know, unfortunately, I at the moment I'm home quarantined like everyone else with with my family and and that's i don't think that's been the ideal listening situation for this album so there's probably some sections that um i haven't fully appreciated yet put it that way would the would the neighbors would they would they frown upon you just driving around that little loop for 45 minutes <laughs> around the compound <laughs> well there's not many neighbors left so they probably wouldn't mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, grading hasn't certainly grading uh, maths papers hasn't been the the time and place for me. So um, I'm glad I've got the CD, and this is going in the car, and this is going to be a road trip CD for me for sure. Hmm. I could, yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, and then even um, get to work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's about forty minutes or so, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um. I, they did finish off, you know, it's got the spacey section for a good 50 and spacey, then noodly, but they did finish off a little quicker towards the end, did they not? They sort of wrap it up in a similar style to the way they start. Yeah, they do. Um, I, I will say, I was kind of, when it ended, I guess a couple of times where it's ended, it's sort of, it's like, oh, wait, no, I guess it's over there. Mm. It just sort of, it didn't felt like it was i don't know the the end kind of caught me off guard yeah there was no big finale i mean i don't know how caught off guard you can be when you've 42 minutes but it was sort of but it was like okay i guess that's it there are yeah but then that comes back to my sort of um biggest criticism which is like you know let's sort of link up somewhere to what we've done earlier or and have some big you know thematic You know, re- revision back to an earlier theme or something, which we don't. I, I don't know. It's fine. Doesn't. It's okay. You know what they could have done? <clears throat> Wrapped it all up and then let it hang for like three minutes, and then threw pawn shop in there. <laughs> <laughs> Never would have saw that coming. That was the place for it. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's not um, let's not dwell on it any longer, listeners. If Fair you enough. haven't heard this, please. Please do it. Um, it's well worth a listen. Um, I think I was surprised no one else that I know of has tried this other than the sort of doomy mm. um, or, or the sort of um, almost sort of shoegazy stuff. Uh, I'm surprised no other sort of rocky stoner bands have tried anything like this. But then at the end I thought, well, is it a complete, has this experiment worked? And my answer was "Mm, probably not quite. I don't know. It didn't feel like it quite worked for me. Um, 
as much as I think it's a worthwhile listen, and I'm glad I've spent some time with it, and I will come back to it, as I said, when I'm driving the car or have some other moment. Like, it's a good one to have. I'm, I've got... But I think there's a reason that band, that the standard rock song is sort of four to seven minutes and has vocals. And so I have two two thoughts on that. First off, as a as a one-off, mm. I like it. As a one-off, happy it was done, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, if If every album had been like this, I couldn't handle it. But as yep. a one-off album that's just sort of in there between album four and album five, we call this album four and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, I like it. Mm -hmm. The But to your point, how do you market this in today's climate? Mm. Because now if you think about it, uh, Testament's new album, they were, is, this is the most recent example I'm thinking of, they were dropping singles a good you know you got like a single a week a good five weeks prior to the release and mm. that seems to be how albums are currently being marketed now they'll release kind of a track a week maybe leading up to the actual album release so by the time the album comes out and you get all tracks you're familiar with at least half of the album i don't mm. know if that's what they're going for Mm. but and they're kind of just just sort of spoon feeding little bits to you before you get the whole thing something like this does not fit into that marketing model at all now with that said you could argue that atomic bitch wax doesn't fit into the marketing model at all but i, I could see where it's it's more difficult for bands to i guess to figure out how to market that yeah uh, i think by this stage the band pretty much um thrown out the idea of marketing and I think they were probably feeling disillusioned by what had happened on tab four that they'd, they'd crafted some great songs and and the record label that they were on had imploded they had to re-release it they didn't get much in the way of critical acclaim for what I think was a brilliant album I think they were probably disillusioned with the whole process and in some ways this this the, the local fuzz was a bit of a sort of middle finger to the whole marketability and you know that whole process that you know um i think this might have may have reflected their disillusionment with what was happening at the time with their own albums and with you know the genre well, so, and the scene generally so that could go into the uh the email to be crafted yeah, maybe we get the idea of fifty riffs in forty minutes. But what was what was really going on behind this? Yeah. Um, having like, even though I've said maybe it didn't quite work, I still admire them for doing it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think if every band just released four minute songs for ten albums and that was their career you know, it, the world would be a boring place. And, and the fact that there's a band that's been willing to put so much effort into crafting something, you know, this slab of riffs that um, that I'm holding in my hands here, um, I really admire. I really admire them for um, just having the audacity to try something like this. I, mean, I think it's great. I think it's great. And it's, and I'm proud to own it. Like this is a piece of, 
uh, rock history. Like this is the time that the bitch wax just tried something completely new. I agree. Uh, so with that said, should we move into the band Brownlow? And I'm going to apologize in advance as my my wee ones have just invaded our recording space. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe they've got some thoughts they would like to share. <laughs> might as possible. <laughs> um, so should we move into the, the band Brownlow? Yeah, let's do that. Let's All do right. that. Um, I think you took it last time. I'm going to start it this time. All right, you start. And I, I had to go with the, my... The, the three points going to Chris Kosnick, two Finn Ryan, and one to Bob Pantella. Mm. Okay. That's that's where I went for that. Tell me why. There. Hold up. Yes. All right. So how about you? Do you want to tell me why? Or uh, Oh, I apologize. Yes. Um, for me, Chris Kosnick, I had to give it to Kosnick because it, this is his – this is his his brainchild. This was his idea. This was his plan to to execute and to pull off, and 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 I think he did. Um, Finn Ryan again. There he's he's layering it. He's putting it all together. Uh, and then Bob Pantella, the drumming the drumming is is great. It's fantastic. But um, I had to go Cosmic at the top, and then Finn Ryan. Okay, because it's because of the ideas because he's the sort of driving creative force i think they're his riffs yeah his riffs yeah i think so so i think he he sort of he built the foundation and then uh and, and maybe I, i'm getting this all wrong and then then no, no, no. ryan came in and painted right <laughs> no I, I my feeling is that this is cosnick's band now but having said that i don't think this is cosnick's album even if they are his riffs to me this is P Pantella's album. I, I've Ooh. given three to Pantella. Oh, um, this the one thing that I've found myself doing. Uh, I sent you some footage of my son dancing to this album. I haven't been dancing to it. I've been air drumming um, like there's no tomorrow to this album. Uh, I've really liked Pon Pantella's. Um, drumming, um, and even if they're not his riffs, the fact that he, I mean, there's a this is hard work for the drummer. Um, he has to manage those some often jarring transitions. He has to keep track of what's going on, and the fact that he can do it live is amazing. Um, I've heard some much faster playing from him right from the uh, get-go and, um, you know, in that first minute, um, some really fast playing. But uh, equally, um, I've loved his the laid-back sections and um, he's got a way of sort of holding, like setting up a pattern to the point where you expect the snare drum, like, you know, a few bars to get you used to it and the snare drum's going to be here and the snare drum's going to be here and the snare drum's going to be here and in the next bar, oh, hang on, it's not there, it's here. Like he just mm -hmm. lays it for a moment. Um, I also like his... Um, he's, he's, normally when I think of the genre, I think of splashy open cymbals. He's much tighter on the cymbals, but he has a nice mix of closed and open um so there's that 
So, um, yeah, I really like his use of symbols throughout. Um, and he's just got a nice way of just sitting back on a beat. And, um, yeah, a lot of those bits where you find yourself nodding your head through those mid-tempo sections, I think, are thanks to Pantella's playing. So I was really impressed with him and a nice mix of fast and slow, and, and he supports the band well when they move into that um, sort of dreamy, um, tripped-out section as well. So, yeah, Pantella gets my three. Hmm. I've given two to Finn Ryan. Um, so we've reversed. I think we did it on the, oh, the first album or something. So <laughs> they'll, they'll all end up with the same votes from this one. From uh, Finn Ryan, I've, I heard some, some different dimensions to his playing. Um, and he's a, yeah, he's a bit more in the spotlight throughout this than perhaps he has been previously. Kosnick, um, yeah, obviously gets credit as the brainchild of this whole thing, but uh, was less prominent in the mix. I did, if it's, if I could be sure it was him on keyboard, maybe he might have got the two instead of the one. But um, And I really like the keyboard throughout this. There is more space with no vocals, and but um, the keyboard does the job of filling, filling that. I like that you gave Pantella the... I mean, I, I didn't, but I like to eat it. I've I've been as the, even the last album. It's just like I need to get him out of the out of the last place spot. Get so, him out of the basement. Yeah, get him out of the basement. Well, <laughs> I fear that all of my um, recording space here is being invaded, and <laughs> it's it's about to get noisy on my end. Yeah. Um, so, but just moving into what are your expectations for the next album? Uh, well, what do we got? Gravitron. Um, I don't know. Um, I suspect they're going to leave the... I, I, what worries me, in, in a way, but maybe it's okay, is that they're going to just put all of tab four behind them and say, no, that's not us anymore. There's a lot of faster stuff on the local fuzz, so I'm expecting some fastest, you know, now, now that they've rediscovered the sort of ice pick freak style, I, I suspect we'll hear a bit more of that on the next album, but hopefully we get a little bit of, um, you know, song craft as well. Who, who knows? But, yeah, I, I don't know. They're in an interesting place coming out of this local fuzz. I, I'll be very interested to see where they take it. Same. I don't think we're going to go back to... Maybe we will, but I don't think it'll go back to four. No. I think it'll, I think the song crafting style will definitely be different, mm. possibly mm. more aggressive. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm expecting fast, that, faster stuff. Yeah. And that might go back to the disillusionment that you were referring to earlier as well. Mm. I just hope they throw in a few mid tempo riffs for me because they're my thing. Mm. Yeah. We shall see. We shall mm. see. And I know I said that I was going to try to listen to um, the local fuzz on the drive, my forty-five minute drive today. But I'm—I got to be—I'm not. I'm going to listen to Gravitron. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I think I'm ready for Gravitron. But I'll always have this in the glove box, ready to pull out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. no. This will be there. This will be there for me. But yeah, 
Today will be grammar trial. Yep. Good. All right. Well, enjoy. I'm gonna I'm gonna whack it on now too. I'm looking forward to Gravitron. Yeah. All right. All right well done. Uh, a little bit shorter today, hopefully, um, with only one song to discuss. Um, but yeah, listeners, if you haven't caught the local fuzz yet, really worthwhile just to see some great musicians try something completely off the planet and um, almost pull it off to their credit, to their great credit. I mean, in any lesser band, I think this would have been a disaster. <laughs> uh, but these guys have, have gotten close to, to succeeding with what was arguably an impossible task. Yeah, no, I agree. I, uh, I think it was Pop Matters said ambitious but very well executed. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I I'm agree with those sentiments. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's okay. one of the like if it was an Olympic dive, it would be a uh, ten out of ten. Um, you know, the difficulty rating they give it would be ten out of ten for this one. Um, right, maybe but a, maybe a bit of a splash on entry. <laughs> and don't keep doing that dive. <laughs> do, 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 we'll give you a ten out of ten on this one, but do different dives next time. Yeah, so maybe not <laughs> the execution. Maybe is not ten out of ten, but certainly the difficulty. Right. And um, yeah, very, very good and, and um, happy to have heard it and happy to have it there in that glove box for those long drives through the, uh, down along the Great Ocean Road in uh, Southern Australia. <laughs> so if I ever get back there. Yeah, you'll get back there. Well, <laughs> you'll get back there. Well, uh, this will all come together soon. Let's hope so. All right, listeners, uh, we do appreciate everyone who listens in. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, more from our listeners, so um, feel free to contact us through Twitter, at UnshuffledPod. Uh, we do have an, a Gmail account, and I'm going to send an email to Chris Kosnick's Gmail account uh, after we log off in a moment, and we'll report back on that next podcast, let you know if we hear back from him. And we've got a website too, UnshuffledPod.com, so... Chase us up through any of those means. Yeah. Thank you, everybody out there for listening, and uh, stay healthy and stay safe. Yeah, and a big uh, big final thanks, of course, to uh, Smallstone and Seven Planets for their fantastic music. And you've did that vinyl arrive yet for you? Um, no, it didn't. I thought it did. I think it's at the other house. I think it's here, but it's just not in my possession yet. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, you can get it through the Small Stone website and, uh, you know, uh, the vinyl would be great. But even if you just want to get the digital file, you can download it through Bandcamp. Uh, so thanks, Small Stone, and thanks, Seven Planets. Thank you, listeners. Stay safe, as always. And remember, if you get coronavirus, don't worry. You can just inject yourself with bleach. No, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. No, I, I heard you could. I heard it was No, fine. don't do that. <laughs> All right, okay, ignore that last bit. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks, and uh, yeah, tune in probably two weeks for the next one, I reckon, and you'll hear all about Gravitron. Till then. Bye.